The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. I'm delighted to be back with you again for another week um, on inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. Um, Today is uh, our episode 117th, I think, um, and we're going to be talking about business collaboration, uh, about avoiding the pitfalls uh, with my guests today, Simon Drury and Steve Bernard. But before we get on to that, I'd like to, as I usually do, um, thank uh, my guest last week, Marshall Ferber. Um, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to listen to that uh, recording. Marshall was talking with me about global convergence and uh, about how um, you know the world is starting to come together more with particularly with the internet and uh, how you know collaboration uh, etc is becoming more and more important and uh, you know how technology enables us to reach more and more people he also said something very fascinating to me after the show we were talking about a paradigm shift which is that most people like to be uh, today, use social media and things to come across as being interesting. And uh, you know, he, what he said to me is that you know the real power comes in being interested and interested in others. And I couldn't agree more with um, about that. And have a little think about that. Have a think about you know, are you trying to make yourself look interesting, or are you really interested in others? Because when you are, uh, then uh, often um, you know great things start to start to happen. So. As the world moves towards increased collaboration, aided by our increased connectivity and the internet, it's easy to jump into collaborative relationships without fully planning for the risks. And those of us who have been in business a while will have experienced successful and also unsuccessful collaborations and be clear, um, and, and, and you know, it's clear that um, Unsuccessful ones uh, could leave us feeling really restless at night. Um, I, I know that from personal experience. My guests today who are going to talk to me about this are uh, Simon Drury. Simon is a business psychologist, a corporate mentor, a coach, a trainer. He's also a speaker and, uh, a bit like myself, very nearly an author. He has a wealth and diversity of experience in the field of business and personal development. He's designed and delivered mentoring, coaching, and training interventions. He's worked in both the private and public sectors. Over the last 23 years, Simon's worked with top-level business leaders in the corporate sector and business owner managers to help them become more effective, dynamic, and confident. He's advised on the art of successful collaborations, and he focuses on working with people approaching a major change in their work situation, such as retirement, redundancy, and career transition. 
the key support um, is to help clients design and create a meaningful, fulfilling, exciting next chapter. And he's particularly interested in psychology of motivation, leadership, the power of language. And, and to me, just as interesting, he also fronts a rock band as well, which is close to my heart. And then um, Steve Bernard. Steve is an organizational development coach and founder of ConnectWell, the relationship company. Uh, he's really passionate about people and realizing their potential through effective relationships. He works with ambitious managers, leaders, teams to support them in engaging more effectively, performing exceptionally and building capability. Uh, prior to ConnectWell, he spent 11 years in aviation, uh, working out of uh, Heathrow Airport, uh, I, I believe, and in eight in consulting. In his 27 years in business, he's helped numerous organizations realize their strategic ambitions. He's uh, his own ability to create valuable, trusting relationships has helped him to manage large-scale change programs and also give other leaders the confidence to do so with authenticity. He's got some great clients, people like the Royal Mail, British Airways, the Home Office. He's spoken at, about leadership at Oxford University, built a collaboration program for the BBC, and has also guest lectured on the topic in a master's program. So I'm slightly out of breath now after that, so I'd like to welcome Simon Drury and Steve Bernard. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you both? Well, I'm really well, thank you very much. Enjoying the sun down here in sunny North Devon. Well, how, be- how lucky you are. And, and Steve, are we going to hear some aeroplanes flying over shortly? It looks like we have clear open skies ahead of us, so we may, oh, no. we'll, leave, we'll leave the possibility open, but it looks, it looks all clear at the moment. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so w- welcome to you both, and I'd like to really start off by asking you, you know, why is business collaboration such an important subject for you? Maybe I can point that at Simon first. Well, Chris, I've got four main reasons why this is so. Uh, First of all, it enables me to offer an holistic solution to my clients. So rather than coming at their needs from one perspective, it, it really helps me to pull in and get absolute clarity about what they want in order to reinvent themselves and then perhaps pass them to specific partners to teach them the skills they need for success. So whatever the client needs, I can offer. Secondly, uh, working with others invariably gives rise to ideas and creativity that I couldn't necessarily generate on my own, you know, greater than the sum of the individual parts. And I know through my own experience and working extensively in the corporate world that good relationships in most instances create better results, such as um, increased productivity, uh, loyalty, reduced absenteeism, and so on. And then finally, collaborations enable me to Uh, more effectively build my network of clients and practitioners. You know, people lead you to people, and when you've got strong relationships, then they are more likely to refer their clients to you, which ultimately results in more business. Great. Okay, thank you. And how about you, Steve? Yeah, thank you, uh, Chris. So, you know, for, for us at ConnectWell, you know, we focus very exclusively on relationships at work. And, you know, quite simply, um, effective Collaboration is one of the key desired outcomes that we really work towards with our clients. Um, when we think about working collaboratively, whether that's with another individual, um, a, a colleague, or across teams or functions, um, it really is, in our view, where the value actually gets created. Um, too often we're focused on, um, on cost, and uh, too often we really only come together in, in, in collaborative terms when there's an emergency or a crisis. 
And, and one of our aims is to put that right and to put collaboration at the front and at the centre uh, of everything that we do. So, so well, uh, Simon, I'm kind of interested to, I know you, you mentioned to me before the interview that you, you sang in a rock band. Um, surely that's something where you need great collaboration between people to uh, perform you know, a great outcome. Well, that forms a core part of the whole experience, Chris. And, you know, if, if you've, which and from what you said earlier, suggests that you have experienced playing music with other people, that mm. when you've got a common goal and you've discussed how you're going to achieve that goal, in other words, entertain your audience, give them a wow, then you rise or raise your, your game to a higher level and when you're all in the zone it's it's an extraordinary experience and you produce something that you couldn't possibly have done you know on your own and um, maybe with fewer people and uh, that that moment when you look at one another and you know it's going well and the audience is with you it's an extraordinary experience yeah absolutely absolutely brilliant experience I guess uh, Steve you were saying you've done a couple of marathons so I mentioned with your and with the same running partner, did did you collaborate to help get yourself over the line? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the second experience of uh, running the, the London Marathon with, with my old school friend Steve was a really good example of collaboration because um, many years have passed uh, since the first time. We live in different cities and even just actually creating a training schedule and coming together before the, the big day what uh, was a feat in its own right. So, you know, I've got some very fond memories of uh, flying up to Edinburgh, which is his hometown now, and, uh, you know, doing preparatory uh, runs and really talk- talking through quite elaborately, elaboratively the strategy around what we're going to do at certain points. So re- really good fun. And, um, you know, when you've got that common goal in mind and you, you absolutely trust y- your partner, um, the collaboration is just a, a great experience to, to, to go through. Brilliant, and some, something you remember for forever when it goes well. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And what have you found from experience then? Are the as the key, you know, collaborative pitfalls um, from a business perspective that we need to avoid, Steve? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Chris. One of the, the bizarre things for me is that um, we're not really taught how to collaborate effectively. Um, you know, let alone in in business, but in life. That's uh, my my view. And I think the first pitfall is that we, we often just forget to look at ourselves. We forget to look at our own needs and motivations in, in whatever we might be, uh, be doing, either for ourselves or with others. Um, and in doing so, when we think about our own needs, um, you know, we pull in a certain perspective and we pull in certain underlying assumptions in what we're doing. And often we just forget to look at that. You know, where are we coming from in, in what we're doing and what are our assumptions and our beliefs that we kind of drag around with us, if you will. So that, that's the first thing. And then kind of in contrast, we, we often forget to do exactly the same thing for the collaboration partner. We forget to look at their needs and we can e- easily miss them. And, and we're not very good at um, communication sometimes as, as human beings. So we can often not express those needs very clearly or very easily. So, so it's pretty easy to, to forget our own uh, and also forget the, the needs of the collaboration partner. So it really requires us to, to ask lots of good questions and pay attention. Yeah, and I guess, I guess what we, we t- kind of do is we, we maybe have some great intentions for uh, a relationship, don't necessarily always 
consider or are aware of our own behavior we just notice the behavior of the other person we're collaborating with absolutely yeah absolutely and there's a, a great expression um, i don't know if it will translate internationally but sometimes uh, the expression goes we get blood the blood in our nostrils we get so excited um the adrenaline kicks in we might really want to uh, just get cracking with the collaboration and we jump straight into that activity without, without doing the kind of preparatory work of thinking about the the respective needs of each party that's a really, really good point. So how about you, Simon? What's your thoughts? Well, first of all, I agree wholeheartedly with Steve and, and drilling down into a couple of uh, particular areas that I think are so important, and that is the expectations that both parties might have going into the collaboration and how, if if we don't give enough consideration to those, then there could be a, a massive mismatch and it might be too late at that point. So focusing on what we both expect from the outcome, but also expect of one another. I think also how we interact is a, a, a big one too, because if we don't consider how we prefer to communicate and receive communication, then there can be disharmony. And I've experienced this firsthand when we have had a mismatch in terms of, for example, I tend to be a bit of a, a, a big picture person. And if I'm communicating with a detail person and I don't go into enough detail, then they get frustrated and vice versa. And it, it may sound a, a trivial thing, but once you get going and you are communicating at different levels, it can the whole thing can founder. And once again, as, as Steve mentioned, we don't consider the other party's needs. You know, we tend to have what I would call foveal vision. We're very narrow and exclusive and overlook the importance of peripheral vision, which is broad and inclusive. Yes. And, and it also translates into things like emotional awareness or EQ as it's uh, now called, emotional quotient, and the impact on others. There was a great quote that I discovered a few months ago by Anais Nin, and uh, the quote goes, we don't see things as they are, we see things as we are. So we can, through our own uh, uh, our own filters, see the world world differently, and that can show up in all sorts of heads to head. And I think that also the sim our self image plays a, a big part. You know, with a, a leader who likes power in the collaboration, if we're going into it with, with uh, on a, an equitable basis, if one party wants greater power than the other one, then that can cause all sorts of traumas too. So it's pot potentially there are a lot of pitfalls uh, here. I, I really resonated with something you said at the beginning there when you talked about detail, cause, because one thing I've realized through collaborations that I've been involved in is that sometimes one person's detail is actually another person's big picture. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, you you uh, uh, you have different deg different degrees of that, which uh, can uh, can cause problems. So I wonder, if, do, do you have any examples, Simon, of uh, you know a collaboration that you've experienced that has gone really badly, and maybe you've learned from? Well, other than a couple of bands that I put together some years back that didn't work out. <laughs> From a, a business perspective, <laughs> there was a few years ago, uh, some business colleagues and I, there were five other SME 
people and we put a, a collaboration together and it all seemed to make an awful lot of sense because we all had strengths we all, we all appreciated one another's capability and track record and it all started off really well but we soon realized that there actually wasn't enough synergy and potential within the group for it to flourish or if there was we just couldn't see it and I think there, there's the rub. It's sometimes these things are nice to do rather than need. Uh, we have a need to do them. And uh, we need to recognize why, how important it is that it should be a need to do. And if we haven't got a big enough reason to make it work over the long term and that you don't explore things at a deeper level, then... Um, once again, it can fall apart, and that's exactly what happened. We're all still mates, fortunately, but the, the collaboration didn't work. I guess the collab- in that in- you know, collaboration could just become a bit of a talking shop rather than... Exactly. Proactive. Exactly. Lots of chat and no action, really. <laughs> so do, do you have any, any thoughts on that, Steve? You- yeah, I, I think um, for me, the, you know, that, that last bit, lots of chat and no action... Um, it, it's, it sounds like a good idea, and when it works, it works brilliantly. But um, you know, it's not worth doing it for the sake of it. And uh, something that Simon mentioned uh, previously about um, you know difference, you know, the big picture versus the detail, and ha- how we can have such different views. I think for me, we should perhaps talk about this later. But the diversity of thoughts, if you the acid test is if you can see something that's different um, in in the other person then you probably know you're onto something and the collaboration is possible. But if you're fighting against that, then that's a real um, kind of warning shot to say, am, am I up for this or, or is it really possible? Are we going to go somewhere with this? Mm, mm. Um, yeah, that, uh, that makes, uh, makes lots, of, uh, lots of good sense. I mean, do you have a, maybe do you have an example, one of you, where uh, you, you, know, you found a, a collaborative situation has worked really well and... Yeah, well, I, I, I certainly have, and I've been working with a, another organization, small organization, for some years, and we've, we've put together um, a product, a set of products and services that we offer to big corporates. And although there was, you know, it, it took a little while to find our feet and to find our own level and where we could work together and play to our strengths. We persevered because we had a deep belief that it could work, and we we did the numbers and so on up front. And over the time, it strengthened, and we've recognized areas where we both needed support as well as being able to play to our strengths. And, you know, we're in a, a very, very strong position. We've, we've just put in a, a massive bid to a big corporate, and we are well on our way to, to winning it. I don't want uh, to hold my breath at this stage. It's a bit nail-biting, but it, it is working because we tr- trust one another, and um, we've learned so much about one another uh, over the years, and it's working really well. Right, so I guess what you've identified there and it articulates actually there's a there's a big prize there for both of you to collaborate and it go well. Yes. So that that big prize is maybe you know maybe enough for you to to really come together with a with a common goal in mind. That's right. And what's interesting also is that because we both have a deep seated belief in the product that that's that we work with and we we believe that the world needs this product, we're driven by that. So that's helped us take our eyes off ourselves more and focus on the needs of others and because we believe this this product needs to be out there in the world 
Brilliant. Well, we're going to go to commercial break now. And after the commercial break, I'm going to um, ask uh, Simon and Steve to talk about the key areas of business collaboration that we really must focus on uh, to avoid the pitfalls. And then we'll explore some of those. So we'll be back with you again in just a, a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris, Chris Cooper. I'm with Simon Drury and Steve Bernard, and we're talking about business collaboration and avoiding the pitfalls. So what are the key areas of business collaboration that we we really must fo- um, focus on, Steve, to avoid the pitfalls. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And I guess the first for me, thinking about this, is to really going back to ourselves and being honest with our own collaboration needs and, and understand where we're coming from initially. So really considering our own needs, our own drivers and our own motivations for that collaboration. As we said earlier, that's the bit that we can often miss uh, if we rush into a collaboration just through excitement or necessity. Um, And then secondly, really in in opposition, is actually just taking time to understand your partner's own version of that potential collaboration. And for me, the key key characteristics of that um, understanding and, and what taking time looks like is to just spend time to listen and to understand um, oftentimes, if you know that you're being curious about your partner and you're asking great questions, that's probably the right time and the right focus on, on the other person's needs. 
Um, and then as Simon's already alluded to, um, what's really important, otherwise you end up with no action, is creating that common framework, that common grounding, if you will. Because if you don't um, have a, a shared interest or a shared out outcome, you end up not having a so what. Um, it's all very interesting, has lots of potential, but there's no real substance to it. So it's really important to have that, um, establish that common framework and hold that in mind. Great. So, um, so sorry? So I'm just going to say, once you're in the collaboration, um, something else that really helps you um, avoid kind of a pitfall would be during the collaboration itself is just to actually make sure that you create the time and the legitimacy for the, for the partner to do their great work. So, so actually creating roles, creating clarity about, about who does what, as Simon was talking about earlier, that, that's really important. And, and I think f for me, the, to summarize that, it would be just really knowing when to let go um, and knowing when to lead uh, in the collaboration. Just it, that alone actually gets you a long way down the road in the, in the collaboration and helps you avoid some of those pitfalls. Fantastic. Well, thank you. And um, uh, people listening to this will realise that uh, both Simon and, and Steve have been collaborating on this and this, this list. So, um, so I'm going I'm I'm to point uh, to the first point that was, uh, was really raised. And about, so the, the first point was really about taking a look at yourself and being kind of honest. And I, I wonder, Simon, how you go about doing that. Well, this is a major foundation stone. Honesty with oneself and obviously with your collaboration partner and being absolutely clear and truthful about what you want from the relationship. It seems obvious uh, some people stumble forward and don't consider this. And more importantly, what we're prepared to be, to do, and to give in the relationship. Clearly, we have to have a why in the first place, but there are some detailed focuses that we need because uh, if we don't know what uh, we are prepared to be and to do and to give, then there's no way to move forward. And conversely, we also need to know what we're not prepared to to be and to do and to give you know it's a uh, two sides of the same coin we need to be honest about our weaknesses and what support we think we need and then it's just possible that the other party can complement where we are other key factors i would suggest are having high levels of commitment respect and trust i mentioned trust earlier and it's it's a fundamental really and also whether being honest about our values and beliefs, are they aligned enough or not? And if they're not, you shouldn't really go ahead because it'll bite you on the, the backside at some point. And then I would say, finally, agreeing what is acceptable and what isn't in terms of attitude and behaviors. Because if, uh, once again, the, the expectations aren't met, then it can cause disharmony and all sorts of traumas further down the road. Oh, that make, makes um, makes a lot of sense. And I mean, do you have any uh, you know recommendations for people about how maybe they do something like uh, you know understand their values and beliefs? Because because understanding your beliefs can take a lot of work, even to you know to understand them personally. Um, do you have any thoughts about how you how you make sure your beliefs and values are aligned? 
Well, the first thing certainly would be to have a conversation about it, being open and honest about this and say, look, we need to discuss this. We need to get this out on the table and and be brutally honest, because unless we do that, then uh, it, it could be it could cause trouble further down the road. Now, there are one or two exercises and things that I certainly use in my work to help people identify these values and bring them to the surface. And if if all parties do this and then we look at where the mismatches are so that we can move towards resolving those issues, then it's a great foundation on which to build. But you have to do that. You have to have that early conversation, which is based on honesty. Mm. Would, you, would you recommend some, something I do? I don't know if you've got a view on this, Steve, but I, I now with, with, uh, just have started with collaborative partners to do a, a, a personal profile with them to understand... You know, where they're in the flow and where I am. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, you know th- things like that, looking at profiling and looking at your your personalities and the difference is really important. That that diversity piece is is uh, very very critical. And but just going back to the the earlier point about you know how you understand and and um, illuminate those values and beliefs, I, I don't think you can beat the power of storytelling or the power of examples. So, um, you know, rather than jumping into the collaboration that's in front of you, very often just asking and getting curious about perhaps some examples of uh, collaboration that maybe your partner's been involved in or perhaps you have, just talking those through and sharing those examples live can be really illuminating in and of themselves. So if you haven't got the, the time or the, you don't want the formality of, of, uh, of checking out values as such, just that storytelling, I think at a very human level, it really does show up quite a lot of who that person or who that group is. And um, I think that gives you a great foundation to, to say, yeah, where are we aligned and where are we matched? And where might there be some watch out for's or some things just to dig a bit deeper into so that we can kind of feel safe um, and confident about the, the collaboration? That's a really, really good point. And as I guess I would be asking them, you know, onto that, asking them about you know, from previous collaborations, what are, they, what are the learnings that they've, they've had from those collaborations that they might want to take forward into this one. Could- yeah, com- completely. And, and actually, you know, that's one of the other, you know, if you like, um, you know, bullet points around some of the pitfalls. If, if you haven't got that kind of learning gene or that learning mindset, uh, the ability to reflect and the ability to kind of look at uh, past experiences, that also tells you something about who, y- yourself, um, something that you might need to learn in terms of collaborative skills or behaviours, but equally, it's something that you can uh, check out with your partner as well. Excellent. So what do you think, we, Steve, that we really, really do need to know about uh, somebody before we collaborate with them? I think actually I'm going to go back to something that Simon said in, in his previous point, because I think he's, he's actually already nailed, nailed this. Um, really, I think deep down, the, the most important thing is to actually look at those matching values and matching beliefs. I think they're really, really essential because the, the bottom line for me is when you think about collaboration of any kind in, in business or in life in general, ultimately for it to succeed, um, each party needs to feel safe, uh, needs to feel okay and, and sort of have that trust and confidence that, that things will work out. So I think, um, you know, what Simon mentioned earlier about uh, the, the, the motivations, the beliefs and the values, I think that's the, if you, if you either didn't have time or you wanted to start somewhere, that would probably be the, be the first place to go. Um, but if you stay curious and you ask the right good questions, um, what you'll also be able to do to understand 
is to look at that diversity, to look at the difference between yourself and the collaboration partner. And, you know, going back to, you know, my earlier point about, you know, that's where you really create value in business, actually collaborating. If you haven't got enough diversity, if you can't see like a role or a, a contribution that the other person c- might make, then that's where you might want to dig deeper and just um, understand what that could be. But if you find the diversity and, you, and you're okay to be with it and to accept that in and, and, and let it in, that's the kind of thing you want to get curious about and just really understand before you before you can step into action. Yeah, yeah. I guess that diversity can is a thing that can bring bring extra synergy, but it could also be the thing that uh, results in the collaboration stalling. Yeah, it, exactly. If you, it's the it's a, a double edged sword. Um, you know, when we built the uh, the collaboration program for the BBC, you know, one thing that we talked about at length is the the duality between support and challenge. And when you're dealing with someone else's skill set or someone else's expertise, uh, which might not be yours, it's really quite interesting from a, a psychological uh, perspective to make sure that you can embrace that diversity or that difference rather than rejecting it. But equally, you need to have that healthy level of challenge in the relationship as well for it, for it to go well. Mm. You, make a, you make a good point there because uh, some people have got a very challenging style that- to, to someone else that could be seen as being non-supportive. Um, yeah. It's getting, but yeah. actually that could be what's needed. Yeah, completely. Um, I, I, you know, uh, happy to admit that, you know, two or three years ago, I had a, a really exciting business partner come my way and uh, we, we fell into one of the traps, one of the pitfalls that I've described, which is jumping into action. We, we really didn't check each other out in terms of values and uh, her value set and mine and, um, the, the kind of the way we challenged each other, similar to the point that I think Simon made, they just really weren't that compatible. So, so we soldiered on, but ultimately it wasn't a collaboration that was going to really be healthy in in the longer term. Mm, yes, uh, I can I can relate to one that's happened to me in the last uh, and, and the last sort of six nine months, and, and and it came down to that point that you were mentioned earlier there, uh, Simon, which was about you know, probably my my detail was actually their big picture. <laughs> yep, uh, and, they, and they needed they needed much to drill down to much much more detail than uh, than I I thought was needed or was actually necessary. Uh, but that detail really really mattered to them, and and uh, to me I was frustrated because I didn't think they could see the big picture. Uh, so, it, it, well, it's I think it's one of the the challenges that we have as human beings. So, I I know couples, married couples, who have this difficulty. One's a detail person, one's a big picture person, and um, they sort of muddle on, but it, it can get in the way. It, it can, can't it? I, I think you the, the marriage is a really good example of a collaboration, isn't it? <laughs> you can uh, use yeah. that. Uh, nice. I've heard people say that uh, people marry. Uh, when they marry someone, they're kind of marrying themselves, really, because they've got a view of the world, and they think the other person fits it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a little bit more to it than that, but I, I take <laughs> your point. I think it, it is a fundamental. And so much, of course, as we know, goes on at an unconscious level, and some of that stuff needs to be brought to the surface and acknowledged and, and worked with. Yeah, yes. So so what, um, what, what are the, the sort of rules, do you think, that we need to really be agreeing up front and it's a, a so what kind of test, wasn't it? Well, the, the so what 
for us meant well we've got all that you know we've been introspective we've looked at the other person we've talked to them and uh, things are going swimmingly and we thought about what could be the product of this great collaboration and then steve and i both feel that we have to ask the so what well we've got all this but there are there are some things that we need to be uh, understanding first of all and a collective purpose and fundamental reason, of course, is critical. And there are some other considerations that we feel are so important. For example, we need to be aware of time pressures, you know, and, and once again, be open and honest. Who's doing what, when and how? We need to be aware of one's, and this is one that uh, is one of my pet areas, and that's be aware of ego and control seeking. I did touch on it a bit uh, earlier on, and that is... Where does the power lie and uh, is, is somebody prepared to step back sometimes and let the other person take the reins? I think we also need to be committed to, to persistence because we're going to fall over sometimes. We're going to have challenges and we need to get up, dust ourselves down and push on. Uh, we need to share the tasks and, and play to our strengths. We, we have touched on that before. And if there are two companies that are collaborating, two SMEs, for example, small to medium-sized enterprises, we do need to be cautious of avoiding promoting our own company um, to uh, in, instead of the collaboration. That can happen. I've seen that happen. We need to develop sanctions for those who don't perform. Now, I know that sounds punitive, but we have to get this out on the table to begin with. We have to agree up front what happens, of course, if the collaboration fails with the best intentions, this will happen. Who's going to be uh, the MD this week or this month? Who's going to be the decision maker and how we, we work together on that? And of course, if the collaboration produces intellectual property, as it may well, a product or service, who owns it? Because if the whole thing does fall over, then we can get into all sorts of legal wrangles. So that kind of thing needs to be discussed up front. And there's one other piece that I think is really important, and that's what I would call equity theory. And that simply means that in a, in a relationship, in a collaboration, if one party ex, uh, gives X in terms of commitment, they, they have this tacit expectation the other party will also commit X, which is fine if it all happens. If I commit X and the other party commits X minus one, I don't feel they're pulling their weight. I get hacked off with that. Conversely, I commit X and the other party commits X plus one, then I feel guilty because they're going the extra mile and I'm not. So we have to get that equity piece sorted out up front as well, wherever possible. I think that's a very good point. I had, actually had that very conversation yesterday with my book writing partner because uh, he, he's he's actually the better writer than me. I, I put in the, lots of ideas into it and uh, we're at a point where he's putting loads of work in at the moment because the publisher wants the, the book in in a few months and, uh, and I'm actually not able to do an awful lot. So I'm feeling guilty because I'm doing the minus one. Um, yeah, so I wanted to have that conversation to make sure that he felt okay about that, which he does, because uh, because uh, I'll uh, I guess my activity will, will boost shortly. So yeah, the overarching <laughs> thing is keep talking, just keep talking. Uh, we're going go to go. We've got to go to commercial break again now, so we'll be back again in just uh, another couple of minutes, and uh, we'll explore this more. So um, thank you, and back with you again shortly. From the boardroom to you. 
Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of uh, bemoreachievemore.com. I'm with Steve uh, Bernard and Simon Drury, and we're talking about business collaboration. And uh, we've talked about some of the pitfalls and uh, some of the things that we really need to mind out, mind out for and, and look at. And I just wonder, Steve, if you could maybe you know share us some examples of of, of collaboration and what it really uh, really does look like. And then maybe that might um, help people understand the different varieties of collaboration that uh, are available to them. Yeah, certainly, Chris. Uh, thank you. And it's it's really interesting because there are there's a whole variety of collaboration. Collaboration really is almost like a mindset, um, as well as the, the activity that can come from it. Um, now one collaboration that we often see in, in the commercial world or in business is simply um, the opportunity, when it arises, to perhaps co-brand or co-sponsor an event or an activity. Um, so, you know, where you've got a shared interest or a common goal, uh, perhaps you've got two entities that are are pointing in the same direction around a particular part of business or a particular industry, um, just literally throwing your hat into the ring and saying, why don't we co, you know, co-brand or co-sponsor um, a particular thing? Um, and that can be quite, you could argue that could be quite a, a shallow collaboration in that you're not having to go too deep in terms of uh, working together. But I'd say that actually any... Hello, Steve. Are you there, Simon? I'm here. Hi there. We seem to have just lost Steve, don't we? He's just. Uh, he's I don't just, know what happened there. He just suddenly disappeared. So, uh, are, are you able to continue with that question? <laughs> uh, yes, certainly. I think um, working with someone who has expertise in a particular area that you need is uh, is an important one. For example, many inventors and entrepreneurs have great ideas, but would benefit from a project manager or manufacturing partner to execute the idea. And um, it's 
once again, it comes back to this holistic view. And I think also there's a really key message about sharing resources or problem solving outside of your work group. Um, so, for example, London 2012 Olympics, you know, BBC Radio, Vision, Web Divisions, there were a whole host of uh, contributors which helped make the whole thing successful. Excellent. Well, while you are just talking, I'm just going to see if we can reconnect with uh, with Steve. Um, but, but you're right. So, so quite a significant variety of uh, of different different ways to to collaborate. Um, and I suppose you know. Also, I mentioned the example of uh, of, of you know, writing books and things. That I'm writing a book with a clinical psychologist in Minnesota. At the moment, Hi guys, back. so we're collaborating online. We just we just uh, lost you there, obviously, um, Steve and Simon. Simon kind of st- uh, stood in for you. Very, Thank you. Very capably. <laughs> well, this is this is obviously a good collaboration. Collaboration <laughs> in action. Perfect. Collaboration in action. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so obviously, you, you don't know what um, what Simon Simon said. Simon said, "That sounds like a game, doesn't it?" Yeah, it is. Stand your hand on your head. <laughs> um, but we, we were just talking about the different types of collaboration. You ended there talking about you mentioned London 2012 and uh, Olympics, and I, I guess uh, you, know, you know collaborations just take a really, really diverse, really diverse in their form. It's where people come together for some sort of common purpose, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- thanks for, for mentioning that one because uh, that's probably one of the, the, the um, ones that's less obvious. Just literally the ability to share um, resources or to problem solve together outside of your own work group. Um, you know, we saw that um, in, in glorious Technicolor with the, the 2012 Olympics, where various um, media organizations um, just really had to pull out all the stops when you're covering such a big event. So, so it doesn't have to be. Um, something where you've got a, a tangible output it can be literally um th- helping literally helping the other person or, or throwing something in where there's less of an uh, an active outcome for you but just it's the right thing to do there's there's something good that comes out of the the interaction yeah so so it might not always involve money so completely uh, and <laughs> thinking about a personal one, it's my um, it's my uh, daughter's fourteenth birthday today, and uh, we were, the family were collaborating around birthday presents and uh, what to buy. And um, interestingly, it wasn't it wasn't a commercial business at all, but it was quite difficult because we had different uh, different understandings of what was important. My mum, my for example, was um, trying to overspend, in my opinion, and she was thinking I was being rather mean. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we are. That matching expectations and the equity theory stuff kicks in, doesn't it? It's absolutely yeah. fundamental. <laughs> so, Simon, I'm kind of interested as well. You know, you know, this is some of this is coming from my own personal experience. Um, you know, sometimes deals are done on a handshake, aren't they? And I wonder what your recommendations are about things like, you know, commercial agreements. Are they necessary? And you know, sometimes things are big. So, you know, when should we use a lawyer? You know, this is such an important factor, and I don't think anybody should consider a collaboration, particularly when money is uh, involved, without some kind of legal framework wrapped around it. And if 
one of the aims, for example, of the collaboration is to take on clients or customers and assuming you're not working for free, you must get advice about creating a partnership agreement that is legally binding because, you know, you can you can be friends and everything feels wonderful and something goes wrong and all sorts of dark stuff can surface and people need protecting. So spend time looking into what it means to create a collaboration, particularly from a legal perspective. And if, and I, this is my experience, if expectations at any point in the journey aren't met, then things can go horribly wrong. So it is about protecting oneself, including the intellectual property, as I mentioned earlier. Find out what you need to do in order to safeguard uh, every every aspect of the collaboration before you enter into it, particularly before any money changes hands, because mm, that, that's when things can get really tricky, isn't it? When there's when there's um, I, when there's sort of large amounts of money involved, or maybe there's even some uh, some cost involved. Uh, you know, people and the emotions start to rise on something that might have just seemed uh, you know a lovely harmonious thing at the outset. Yes, we we all have a Mr. Hyde in us, and so often we only see that when things go wrong financially. And never underestimate that uh, the fact that somebody you think you know is uh, you get on extremely well and have done for years. When the chips are down financially, then Mr. Hyde can can surface and it can get dreadful. So be cautious. Mm. Mm. Um, I also, I think there's um, maybe a. I had a situation once where it was completely the opposite. The things got awkward when lots of money was involved, because actually it was uh, then became you know who gets what, which yes. was, was uh, clearly as clearly pinned down as it should have been, and then things got really awkward because uh, other party felt that they should have an awful lot more. And <laughs> well, this comes back, you know, to this equity theory thing, and and one of the most challenging pieces about creating equity is who does what and, and when. So you can have one party who brings the the intellectual property and the expertise to the collaboration and another party who puts in time. And the person who puts in time may actually give far more hours than the expert. And then all of a sudden, they're judging the, the equity or lack of it based on time, whereas the other party is saying, well, hang on, I bring all the brains to this. Mm. And, and I may work half the hours but that's my contribution and yet they're then trying to uh, compare apples and oranges and that should have been done from the outset yeah. and that's when the legal framework that's, can be supportive that, that's really interesting simon we've, we've actually got um, a, a live client project at the moment where where exactly that um, scenario is is playing out where you've got the apples and oranges scenario uh, in play um and you've got some great friendships and some great sort of human relationships really working against um, the absence of that legal framework. Um, so, so, you know, retrospectively, the, the organization is having to try and retrofit a framework that fits the scenario. So, yes. so um, I think as, as Chris and you have both been advocating, doing that up front really does, can save a lot of pain and, and uh, difficulty down the road. Mm. Undoubtedly. Mm. So during the, this collaborative journey, you know, there's going to be different things occurring at different times which are worthwhile kind of reflecting and learning upon. I mean, how do you recommend, Steve, that people do, uh, you know, do reflect and, and continuously learn and improve during the, the process? 
Yeah, I think the first thing to say about that, Chris, is that, um, you know, the reflection piece can be surprisingly easy and quick. Um, you know, f- for those uh, listeners who are, you know, in, in the kind of corporate work business space, um, we can often be very time pressured. Um, so just to say that, you know, the, the learning and the reflection is a, is a component of collaboration can sometimes put people off um, thinking it's, t- it's more, more time or more effort. But, but really, I think if you um, can ground yourself in the experience, the, the collaboration experience, um, and it might be as simple as writing down, jotting down a few key notes around the collaboration, around the relationship, um, perhaps milestones will help what happened at particular points in time. And then I think it's important to remember to uh, create a distinction between the th- your thoughts, what you think of the collaboration, what happened, um, alongside your feelings, um, how you were feeling about the collaboration or the partnership as you, you go along. Um, and if you can create that distinction, what you can do in the reflective space is to really um, explore perhaps different interpretations and I think that's where you really get the juicy learning that can come out of, uh, of reflecting. And of course, it goes without saying, but, but I should say it for completeness. If you can do that reflection together as an inbuilt part of the collaboration, you are much, um, you're much richer for it. Um, there's nothing wrong with reflecting and uh, doing that learning on your own. But if you can do it with your collaboration partner, it really throws up um, all sorts of gems and you come away um, learning a hell of a lot about yourself as well. Excellent. We've just got um, just a couple of minutes left until I need to wrap up. So I wondered what key messages you'd like to leave us with. So I'll ask you first, Simon. I have four, Chris. And the first one is really recognising that you may not be able to get your message out and make the biggest difference to society all on your own. And that's a great piece of insight. And to be honest with yourself about sometimes needing others to make it happen. The second piece is that we know that good relationships generally produce good results. So if your results aren't where you want them to be, look at the quality of the relationships, both internally and externally. And that can apply any within a, a team, within a department, within the business. Thirdly, carry out a regular quarterly collaboration health check, pretty much what Steve was saying, to see if all parties are getting what they want. The collaboration is living its purpose and everybody's happy. And that's a great opportunity to celebrate your successes. Finally... Uh, collaborations can be hugely rewarding for all parties, including the clients. Uh, They enable people to achieve their goals, satisfy their personal motivational needs, and it can be extremely educational and great insight into what it means to be human. And finally, and my most important thing really, message here is it can be extraordinarily good fun. Fabulous. Thank you, Simon. And Steve? Yeah, thank you. Well, for me, I'd say about all collaborations beyond business, but just just to life in general, is to remember that we're all actually predisposed um, to wanting uh, and needing a strong sense of connection and relatedness with one another. So, so actually, it's something we're naturally drawn to if we if we let ourselves go there. So, I'd say you know, take the time and the discipline to understand uh, you know what's in it for you, and, and really remember that honesty piece in terms of what you want and what you might need. Um, remember to consent, consider the needs of the other person equally um, to do that listening. And thinking about what Simon said, you know, um, you may have to be willing to explore the, the shifting of your position to really find the sweet spot 
inside the collaboration. So my big message would be to to really go for it and, and trust the process. Great. Got to stop you there. Thank you very much, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. And uh, for more information on Simon, uh, go to www.artofreinvention.co.uk. For Steve Bernard, go to www.connectwell.co.uk. If you've got any questions or feedback, please send them to me at chris at bemoreachievemore.com. And on next week's show, um, I'm going to have um, entrepreneur and speaker uh, Simon Steenholm from Denmark. And he's going to talk with me about... Uh, some business and life lessons. Uh, Simon um, made was very successful financially between the age of 22 and 32 after being a bit of a no-hoper. He described himself at school uh, and uh, made a lot of money and then changed his life and ended up living for eight years in a Bornean longhouse, believe it or not, and, uh, and came back with a son and uh, is now back into the business world. But a lot of things we can learn from uh, someone who was referred to in Denmark uh, widely as the golden boy in Denmark. So uh, I shall be back with you again in just a week. And uh, thanks again to uh, Simon and um, Steve. And I hope you both enjoyed being on the show. Fantastic, Chris. Many thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week.